I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of the How To Do Marketing Academy, as well as small business marketing agency, Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's my mission to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally based small business in Australia. Why? Because I know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. Business awards can play a vital role in building the credibility of a small business's brand. They are what we deem a trust point for future customers, meaning that they can help to build trust with people that may have never heard of you or your business before. Industry or business awards are like an independent nod of acknowledgement that can speak volumes to these potential customers who are out there conducting research and weighing up why they should choose one business over another. And in fact, research has shown that 82% of senior business people are influenced to buy products or services when they come across a business or person with relevant with a relevant industry award win, which I find really interesting. And if you've listened to this podcast for a while or follow any of my social channels or emails, you'll know that I'm not only a big fan of including business awards in my clients' marketing strategies, I actually also practice what I preach and submit for business and industry awards myself. I find the process to be so rewarding, not only from a marketing perspective, but from an operational perspective. The process of entering business and industry awards really encourages you to look at how you run your business or, in the case of the marketing awards I've won, create my marketing campaigns. So it highlights gaps and opportunities. And honestly, it just generally encourages you to push closer towards industry best practice. An observation though, having worked with many small business owners over the years, I know that one of the biggest hurdles they face when it comes to participating in industry or business awards is that they just don't have the time to write what can sometimes be quite a lengthy submission. And often it's not just that they don't have the time, it's that they also don't feel confident writing the submission. And look, I've got to say, writing a business submission is not the same as writing your marketing material. There really is a science to writing award submission, and there's not a lot of people who actually do that for you. So when I heard about Heather Morano, the founder of Green Door Co., a communications consultancy that specialises in award submissions, I just had to talk with her. Heather's business has an excellent track record when it comes to award submissions, with eight out of 10 of the award submissions that they draft getting shortlisted and more than half of those going on to win. They've completed well over 300 award submissions over the past three past few years and 97.5% of their clients 
have been shortlisted for at least one award. Pretty impressive, huh? So I wanted to know everything about writing a, a winning award submission from woe to go. Starting with why Heather thought that business and industry awards are so important for small businesses to enter. Why are business and industry awards important for small businesses to consider? The way I talk about awards when I'm talking to small businesses is that it's really a fast track to credibility. So winning an award, you know, basically signals to your customer, to potential investors, to other stakeholders, that you're a successful business, that you're doing things well, uh, and that you're being celebrated in your industry. And so that immediately is a third-party endorsement of your business and just speaks to the fact that you are the real deal. So for small businesses, often they might not have done a lot in terms of building reputation through public relations or or through marketing. Uh, and so this is a really good avenue uh, to kind of kickstart that process. Um, of course, for those businesses that are doing a lot in the marketing sense, it also complements really nicely, just in terms of keeping them top of mind and basically setting them apart from their competitors as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and I love the idea that it is that kind of third-party endorsement. So. Yeah. It's almost, um, it's a different, it's in a different endorsement. It's a different message to that of a paid marketing message. Um, it's, you know, that's almost like that stamp of approval. And I guess there's, yeah. there's also, there's, there's, I mean, I don't know whether you would have all, also noticed this, but there seems to be a lot more awards around these days. Like, <laughs> yeah. is there, or is it just that I'm noticing more? Uh, yeah, there are a lot. So I think there has been an increase over the years in terms of the number of awards that are available mm. to businesses to enter. So there are a lot of business awards that will look at business excellence um, for businesses of all different sizes and in different industries. There are industry-specific awards, some of which are very niche, where your business can be recognised uh, amongst your, your peers in your industry um, and then there are several other awards that look at particular paths or avenues around, say, if you're an employer of choice, uh, if you have women leaders in your business or you're founded by a, a woman leader or woman entrepreneur. Um, there are other awards that look at safety. There are awards that look at training. So you can see that it cuts across in, in multiple ways and there are hundreds of awards that Australian businesses can enter uh, that are both, you know, state awards, national awards, international awards. Uh, there's a, a whole lot. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty mind-boggling, actually, the, the scale of the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Um, I totally agree. And I know the way that I approach it from, from a strategic marketing point of view is um, I will look at a business's positioning, brand positioning, you know, who their target audience are and what's, you know, valuable to them or what they deem as, as, as valuable, as well as how the business wants to position itself within the market and position itself to that, to that um, target audience, to that customer. And I kind of try and recommend the business awards that match that or align with that. So, for example, if there's a, you know, training company that really, that trains, you know, 
um, a, with, with safety courses or something like that, um, then perhaps that that safety award, as you said, that work health safety um, niche or category is going to be quite relevant for that as opposed to, you know, a, t- a business award, you know, a more generic business award or um, something that's probably a bit bit broader but not that necessarily, ne- not that necessarily relevant to the customer, I guess. Um yes. I know myself, I certainly did start off with going for my like local business chamber awards and that sort of stuff. And that's that kind of got me hooked on the process, I guess. I, I really um, love the process. But then I steered more towards the industry awards, so for mm-hmm. marketing, and because I felt that probably if I'm completely honest I wanted some validation in that like I feel like as a marketer you're constantly proving your value Um, and I felt like um, some awards might help that positioning Mm -hmm. um, particularly in the marketing expertise and I think too marketing's a really really broad uh, industry and there's a lot of people who put their hand up and say that they're a marketer or they're in marketing Mm -hmm. or that they do marketing or whatever um, so I felt that that was a point of differentiation. So there's a lot of, it, it's great that there's kind of different ways that you can tell your brand story with that award path. It's not like it's just like it's a business award. It's for being the best or the biggest business. Exactly. And I think that you've hit on the point there that it's like any other uh, marketing uh, or public relations initiative. You know, you really need to think about your audience first. Um, it's not just about being recognised and winning an award, which is obviously great, but it's about who's going to see the result of that award win. Mm-hmm. And so it will depend on the particular business. And, and like you said, Jane, you know, in marketing, it's really hyper-competitive, you know, in terms of having a point of difference, winning an award really does help you in terms of uh, converting prospects. And there are plenty of industries that is, are the same. So I've worked with, for example, uh, mortgage brokers, and there are a couple of high-profile industry awards that really do make a difference when it comes to the potential customer deciding which broker to work with because the, the struggle in that industry is knowing who to trust. If you don't have a referral for someone, knowing who you can trust with, with your money and you know probably one of the biggest decisions that you'll, you'll make in your life in terms of buying a home or an investment. So um, that's really important. Uh, in other industries where perhaps they're a little bit more niche, you know, the goal might be different. It, it might be about, you know, sometimes it's as it's as simple as recognising particular staff in the team. Um, so, you know, putting a particular staff member forward for an award that recognises them as an outstanding employee or an outstanding leader, mm. um, that can really feed into some goals around, uh, yeah, rewards and rec- recognition internally. Mm. Um, I've also worked with other companies where they're, They've been on a startup journey, so we might have started when they were just a couple of years old, and now that we're a few years into this process, they've been entering awards every year, uh, their goals are a bit different. So at first it might have been about establishing themselves in the small business space, so entering small business awards, and now they've hit that point of growth where they don't necessarily need to be positioned at that level. They want to be positioned amongst um, you know, a, a higher tier of businesses of a higher size or they want to be positioned with potential investors. And so, again, the strategy changes and so they would be entering a different type of award. So that's a really important part of the process in terms of just deciding which awards to enter. 
And I would never say to, to a business, oh, yeah, just enter everything. Of course, you've got to be in it to win it, but you want to enter things that are firstly hitting your strategy and they're going to help you get in front of or build credibility with the right audiences, but also awards that you have a chance of being recognised in. You know, you want to get a return on that investment of time or, or investment of money. If you work with someone, you want to put your best foot forward. Of course, there's no guarantees in the process, but understanding what awards are out there, where you're performing, who you're trying to target, that's all a really important part of the strategic piece of making that decision as to which ones to enter. Yeah, t- totally. Now, you, Heather, have written hundreds and hundreds of business <laughs> awards submissions yeah. over the years. Good on you. What are the characteristics of a business that would make you really excited about working on their submission? Like, do they have a unique story or have they, is it just the ones that have experienced, you know, that immense growth over a period of time? Like, what is it about it? Like, where you pick up the opportunity and go, oh, yeah, this is going to be a great submission. I can't wait to work on this. Yeah, well, I am a firm believer that every business has a story to be told. Um, and, you know, even a, a business that might on the surface seem like they're not that exciting or that sexy, you, you can always find something really interesting, you know, some really interesting nuggets in there. Um, so, you know, that excites me about sort of being able to unearth that story for any business. But, of course, some businesses are obviously performing better than others. Um, it's interesting because, you know, I've worked with businesses of all sizes in all industries, but there is some similarities that sit across all of those businesses in terms of determining which is successful. Mm. So um, that's been an interesting lesson for sure. So things like their focus on innovation. So every every business, well, most businesses like to think that they're innovative or like to say that they're innovative, but to be genuinely innovative actually takes some pretty unique systems and processes that set up a culture where you can try things, you can um, not be afraid of a failure, you've got a soft landing if you do try something different. Um, And so that's something that does definitely shine through with businesses that are performing and that seems to be directly connected to their growth, uh, as you would expect. Um, At the moment, um, and this is probably indicative of the way the expectations around companies are changing. Uh, Those companies that are involved in their communities, so they have some sort of social um, purpose component or they give back to their communities in some way. Um, Firstly, they perform better because they're more likely to attract great staff um, and their customers obviously connect and resonate with that. Um, so I actually think there is a direct line between that and actual business performance. Yeah. Um, but it's also something that is picked up in awards a lot now. So if you want to be entering business awards, you need to be thinking about that component. Um, for example, the Telstra Best of Business Awards, um, which for those who are familiar more broadly with the Telstra Awards, um, used to be known as the Telstra Business Awards and there were the Telstra Business Women's Awards. Yeah. Now they've both been combined into one program. Um, that was last year. And all of the categories, um, well, the vast majority of the categories have a focus on impact. So whether or not that's, you know, community um, contributing to your community, accelerating women, um, Indigenous-led businesses, environmental focus, 
And so that's like a very big focus on the awards front. So it's certainly something that businesses should be mindful of, I'd say. Um, Obviously, the way you treat your people is really critical. And so all businesses that I've worked with that have, you know, been recognised on the excellence front will be doing something pretty unique or or just, uh, you know, are very focused on being people first. Yeah. Um, that shines through in their culture um, and the way that they're, um, yeah, they're structured in terms of, uh, you know, how they recognise staff, remunerate staff, um, all of that's really built into, you know, into their culture. So that's a couple of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but it gives you a bit of an indication of, of, yeah, what successful businesses are doing. And it is really interesting. I honestly think that regardless of industry, regardless of size, they're the kinds of things that you, you just see time and time again. Yeah, um, yeah so it's, a, it's an interesting way to learn about the kind of ingredients for business yeah. success, I'll, I'll, I'll say. Uh, it's quite interesting to have those conversations for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly made me reflect on on those um, pillars, I guess, if you call them. Mm. Um, so if you're looking at that community-centric organisation, and, and I live in a regional area, and I know for sure, regardless of the award status that you might gain around this, the businesses who lean into this community and authentically connect with the community um, in a way of support, but also just in a way of building relationships um, it, on a local scale, will infinitely be the most successful businesses in town. Yeah. Um, and fortunately for regional Australia, that kind of success can be amplified very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's recognised very quickly because it talks to the heart, obviously, of, of people connecting with, with people. Um, that innovation piece, that's interesting because I'm reflecting on all the kind of award submissions that I've filled out in the past and that innovation question, you're right, is always on there regardless mm-hmm. of whether it's an innovation submission or whether it's a best in business or whatever, that innovation yeah. piece is always in there at some point and the, and the people, you know, treating the, 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 people, the people within your organisation and, and that kind of employer of choice. Which yeah, is yeah. a which must be a hard one for people to kind of navigate, and some people have na- some people would have nailed that through COVID because I'd I'd say that would have been a really rocky ride over over COVID. So the people who've managed to kind of come through that with with that yeah. people like their their team centricity, if you if you like, um, I can imagine will be winning lots of awards over this yeah, <laughs> this year. Definitely, and obviously you know, the, I've worked with a lot of clients on their award submissions over that, over the last two years where we've yeah. had to tell that story around what's happened in COVID. And certainly, as you say, that really has put a lot of uh, all of um, what I've just mentioned to the test. Yeah. Um, you know, how you treat your people's really put to the test in that sort of environment when you're working remotely or virtually, when people feel they're under pressure, when, you know, some organisations obviously had to shut down um, or um, furlough staff or all of that. It was, you know, a really tough time. So um, the organisations that were already consistently doing those things that I talked about in terms of supporting their people, in terms of being engaged in their communities um, and in terms of innovation, certainly weathered that period really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was a, yeah, it was a big test. And it was interesting actually just on the, on the COVID front you know, that was 
I had a few clients sort of say, well, oh, we, you know, we didn't grow that much in that period. Is that going to affect us in terms of how we um, present when we are being judged for an award? Mm. Um, and the reality is that, well, that was, you know, bar some industries where, you know, it was a bit of a different um, situation in, in during COVID, um, all businesses were struggling. And yeah. that, that, you know, that didn't mean there weren't uh, stories of success. And, of course, success isn't just about growth. Right. So, um, sometimes it's about resilience. Sometimes it's about, you know, overcoming adversity. Um, and that's really ultimately what an award submission is. It's about telling a story. So that story might be one of, of overcoming challenges, of persisting, of pushing through. Um, and the reality is that, you know, even when you're telling a story outside of, you know, something as, as present as, as COVID, there's always going to be adversity in business. That's the nature of it. Mm. So um, telling that story is is actually quite compelling. So, yeah, I just thought that was worth mentioning because yeah, you also yeah. don't need to be doing everything perfectly all the time and be having perfect results all the time to win yeah. an award. In fact, sometimes it's the opposite. If you can show how you've overcome things, that that's quite compelling. Yeah, well. yeah. Yeah, yeah, which makes completely sense. And on the topic of, of winning, obviously all of us would want to think that we could, you know, if, particularly if we pour our heart and soul into a, an award submission that, that we would win. Um, however, there are some advantages of also kind of getting to, to finalist stage or recognition yeah. stage of, of some sort, nominated or whatever. How can a small business, in your opinion, how can a small business leverage the entire process from kind of entering into the award in the first place all the way through to whether it's a win, whether it's a finalist, whether, you know, perhaps there's there's no um, finalist or win, but is there a way that, that businesses can also leverage that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of value in the process even outside of the, the end result, um, just going through that process of assessing your business and asking those questions about what you're doing well um, is actually a really empowering process. And that's what we hear from clients all the time. Mm. They say, oh, we hadn't really thought about, you know, all this great stuff that we've been doing or we hadn't really thought that we weren't doing much in this area and that's really started making us think mm. about what we should be doing. Um, I mean, frankly, sometimes when we work with a client, um, and we unearth those questions, we're almost guiding them, sort of saying, well, what could you do here? So, yeah. you know, if there's a client that wants to enter an award and there's a question around what they're doing in terms of supporting causes or being involved in their community, sometimes that's triggered conversations about, okay, well, what could you do? You know, what would be aligned? Who do you want to support? What's, you know, what's your vision? How, what do you want to be, you know, doing? And that's actually set them on a journey to then, um, you know, initiating new things in their business. So that's a really quite powerful and, um, yeah, really important process, I think, because we don't yeah. always have that opportunity to sit back and take a step back and look at our business in that way. Yeah. Um, certainly I think it helps when you have an outsider as well kind of going through that process with you, but it's not essential as long as you're asking yourself the right questions and you're being honest with yourself. So that I think is really important. The next side of that is that when you're putting together an award submission, really what you're doing is telling your story and putting together your messaging. Um, and so if you don't already have that together, you know, if you don't, you're not doing a whole lot in your, in your marketing or public relations, that can be a really good initial step to kind of get you going on that journey. 
Um, because any content you're creating for an award submission, you might be able to repurpose for other things. You know, it might, yeah, it might start um, getting you thinking about, you know, how you want to be talking about your business when you're talking about your, you know, elevated pitch, for example, or your vision or, um, you know, you can start thinking about how that translates to, you know, the copy on your website or, you know, whatever. Of course, if you you want to be really strategic about that and, you know, if you're working with a marketing partner, they'll guide you on that. But it's a, it's a useful process in terms of going through how you talk about your business. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, let's say you get to that finalist stage and, and you don't win. That's still incredibly important in terms of, from an outcome point of view, because you still get that credibility. Um, so you get to typically, if you're a finalist, you get the you know the logo, the badge um, yeah. from that particular award that you can plaster on all your uh, marketing collateral and your website. And so you still get to show off that the fact that you were shortlisted, and that still has a lot of value in the market. Yeah. Um, you also typically, you know, in this sort of COVID post-COVID world, I say sort of because we're not quite out of it, but we're at least able to meet in person more now. Um, the events that take place now for uh, awards. So, you know, a lot of awards will have all their finalists and anyone else who wants to attend that award ceremony come together for, you know, a gala dinner or something to that effect to announce the winners. And that gives you an opportunity to rub shoulders with others in the business community or in your industry. And so it's really powerful from a networking point of view as well. Yeah. Um, I had a client uh, recently um, who we helped win um, a, an award at the Executive of the Year Awards um, through CEO Magazine, and they're really high profile. So he was sitting at a table with Christine Holgate from Australia Post. Wow. Um, Gina Reinhart was a finalist on one of those awards. So it gives you an idea of the calibre of the kind of people at this black tie event and being able to rub shoulders with people like that if you're, you know, really ambitious and, and growing your business and, and wanting to be seen by the right people, that's really powerful. Uh, he actually, he did, he did win, but had he not won, it still would have been just yeah. as powerful. Yeah, yeah. So that's, um yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot that, is really valuable in the awards process. And I certainly don't think that if you get through that process and you, you're not a finalist or you don't, or you don't win, that that's, that means that you haven't gotten value. I think you do get value out of that process. And really, if you don't, you're not successful the first time, at least you've had a go at it and you can then use all that knowledge for the next one. Um, I mean, certainly when we work with clients, you know, and we, as I said, we work with all different types of clients, the vast majority, 97.5% have been shortlisted at least once. So it's it can be done. You know, you just have to do it right and you do it well and you, I think you can get there as long as you're doing all the right things in your business and you're really investing the time in the strategy of entering the right awards and, yeah, and being persistent with it, putting in that that work behind them. Yeah. Really so I think the... Um so the biggest and, and probably the most esteemed, and you touched on these before, the Telstra Best in Business now it's called, is it? Um, best is, yeah, they're best called the Telstra Best of Business. Best of Business Award. Awards. Yeah. Um, and they probably have the most, um, I guess, yeah, esteem and prestige wrapped around them in terms of the pinnacle yeah. of kind of, of award wins, business award wins in, in Australia. Um, you've written a lot of submissions <laughs> for these awards. Yes. Um, and, you, and, and, and I note that you've just said that they've, they've changed tact a little bit, but can you talk us through 
the application process for this kind oh. of caliber award because I feel like it's very different from uh you know the application that you might fill in for your local business chamber I feel there's a few more steps (laughs) so I'd say as you said Jane I'd say the Telstra Best of Business Awards are probably the most high profile most competitive awards in the Australian market they're also the most onerous in terms of the work involved to get recognized um so it's a three-stage process so the first phase um, is actually open now. Um, I'm not sure when this is going to run, but it's open now and it closes on the uh, first, sorry the 6th of July. Wow. Um, and that component um, involves uh, a multiple choice uh, questionnaire. So it's, it, they estimate it takes one to two hours to complete. And it asks questions about your business. So uh, financial questions, business questions in terms of, you know, whether you have certain um, policies or processes or plans in place. Um, but it is multiple choice, so, you know, you can just sit down and, and go through it and it's it's really rating you essentially. And so if you get to the end of that process and they review what you've come up with and they think that you're on the top end of all of those applicants, yeah. then you'll be invited to phase two. Um, keep in mind that last year they had 24,000 nominations for the Telstra Best of Business Awards, so I don't know how many of those would have proceeded to phase one, but even if it was half, probably was more, but even if it was half, that's still 12,000 applicants around the country. So it's very competitive. Um, so, so yeah, so if you don't get through phase one, I'd say don't be disappointed or, or alarmed. It's it's pretty common to, to yeah. not get through because, again, it's just very competitive. Um, but if you do get through, then you get to phase two, which um, opens in August um, and this is a new part of the process that didn't exist prior to last year, um, and it's a video um, video submission process. So it involves seven three- to four-minute videos um, just talking to camera, filmed through Telstra's awards portal um, via your webcam, so you don't need to produce something that's high production value and, and upload it. You do it straight you know, through your computer's webcam. Um, and it's seven different videos, so wow. quite quite a lot of work. Um, I think they estimate it doesn't take that long because I guess they're presuming that they they want people to talk Speak naturally, and yes, yeah, yeah. so they don't want you necessarily to overthink it Try. ahead of that process. But it um, each video basically involves you answering a few questions about different components of your business. So um, some of those are around off the top of my head. Uh, purpose and vision I think one is around how you treat your people one might be around um, customer focus I can't remember exactly off the top of my head but I do know it's seven and it's just looking at kind of some standard measures of success in business Um, then there's two long form responses um, that are up to 1500 words um, that you um, can write in Uh, and again I think that's more or less a summary of some some of the content that would be covered in those videos. Uh, So if you get through that stage, then you're invited to enter phase three, um, which is the written application process. And that opens in September. And that's quite a lengthy um, award submission, but it's a bit more like a traditional uh, award application where there are questions and you you answer them. You've got a certain amount of word count. Um, But it's quite extensive. From memory, it's six, maybe up to 7,000 words or something that you have to actually tell tell the story. So it, as I said, very onerous process, but obviously a valuable process. And 
if you are shortlisted or you win it, obviously that's incredibly powerful in terms mm-hmm. of building credibility. So we worked with two, well, we worked with a few um, clients on that process and we usually just advise them to do that first phase on their own because, you know, just answering questions. So a few didn't get through to phase two, which is to be expected because it's yes. very competitive. But the ones that did, that we worked with, we worked with a couple, they both ended up getting fine, um, getting to the shortlist for their state and one ended up winning it. So, wow. um, yeah, so it's, I think if you put the time in and you're just, you make it a priority yeah. and you've obviously got a compelling story to tell, you can certainly, you're in with a good chance. The other thing too is that previously these awards were based on business size and so, you know, they might recognise so it's obviously all the SME market, but they might have recognised several businesses that were on that larger end. Now it's not based on size. It's just based on uh, different categories, as I mentioned before, one around accelerating women, there's one around growth, there's one around innovation, um, there's one around um, Indigenous um, contribution and leaders in business, one around environmental sustainability. And so because of that, you're, you are competing with businesses of all sizes, but don't let that intimidate you because plenty of smaller businesses were recognised last year. Mm. So I think that you've got to be in it to win it. And, yeah. you know, if you see the opportunity, which is enormous, if you're, if you're recognising those awards and, you've, yeah, you're happy to make it a priority, I'd say get in there and do it. Do it, do it. So have you got some tips in terms of how people might prepare for this? Because obviously the submissions are a lot of work. As you said, they're quite yeah. onerous. Um, so if people are hearing this for this for this year and going, okay, well, I'm not at a point for this year, but I'm going to really, you know, I think this should be on our radar for next year. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that people could be doing in the preparation for this, you know, in the 12 months leading up to the next lot of awards? I think start asking the questions about your business that will come up in those award applications. So some of what we just talked about, do you have... Um, you know, what's your business's purpose? What's what's your vision? What's your mission? Do you have that written down? Can you mm. can you say that in an, in a concise, articulate way? Do you have your elevator pitch down? Mm. Um, what contribution are you making to the community, if any? Um, do you need to be doing more in that space? Mm. What are you doing with your team? Um, are you an employer of choice? If not, what would help you become an employer of choice? How do you get there? Yeah. Uh, so. It's kind of, again, it's those questions that are just going to help you be a better business, really. Um, And so it's a useful process to go through. But if you start thinking about how you talk about those things, Mm. it makes it much easier once you get to the award submission process to be able to articulate it at that point, you know, whether or not you work with someone to do it or not. Yeah. You can articulate it. That's half the battle. And, I mean, that's part of where we help a lot of businesses where they're so in their business day-to-day, they know they're achieving yeah. but they don't necessarily think about the why yeah. and so that's a useful process to have us come in and ask the why and, and get them thinking about all of that but you can yeah. do that without an outsider perspective you just need to start thinking that way you need to go okay what is the why of what we do where are we strong where where are we a bit weaker you know how do we compare to our competitors um that's a pretty important point you know one thing that pops up a lot is you know what makes you unique um, and to really get to the heart of that, uh, and obviously, I mean, this is really the question that would come up 
from from a marketing point of view all the time mm. you know, what is what really makes you unique you know a lot mm. of businesses say oh we're innovative or oh, we're we're a leader in our or, space yeah. yeah yeah okay but why yeah. like why yeah. Yeah. How exactly? Yeah. So really yeah. trying to dig into that and really thinking about it and putting your self in the customer's shoes. Uh, it's all it's again. It's it's the process you would go through when you're you know doing your marketing. Yeah, um, going through that that thinking and that strategic piece around understanding the why and the how and all of that is going to be really important mm. and will just help you once it comes time to entering the awards to firstly articulate that properly and make sure that you have filled any filled in any gaps in terms of how how you operate where that might have popped up in an award application and go oh yeah we're not doing much in that space mm. um, if you can anticipate that and work on it ahead of the award that will obviously help yeah yeah that's right and and i think there is value in that third party perspective because i know mm-hmm. certainly from a strategic marketing planning point of view same thing it's not you're not you're not asking an award submission question but you're asking what makes you different Mm -hmm. you know what what um what what makes you stand out from the crowd what's unique to you and they'll come back with things like oh our communication or you know Mm -hmm. the uh, dedication to the customer or whatever not realizing that if you were to ask every competitor in their field that very same question, that they're actually saying exactly the same thing. Exactly. So that third party actually, and the honesty, I guess, in the, uh, of the third party to come and say, okay, but you know, yeah. the other ten are saying this. So how 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 can you prove that? Essentially, is what it is. Yes. Um, what are the mistakes that you see businesses make with award submissions? Like what can people mm. avoid doing? Um, because it's, particularly when they're onerous and, you know, small business owners don't have time to, to necessarily mm. do this in the first place. Yeah. So what, what are some of the things that you can, you can teach them to avoid along the way? Well, the first thing is not making a priority. So mm. because it's one of those, typically it's one of those quadrant two priorities in the sense that it's really important, like the business wants to do it. Often they've wanted to do it for a couple of years, but they don't prioritise it because they've got other urgent things on their plate. And so they might say, yeah, yeah, okay, we're going to do business awards this year, not give any time to it, then end up right up against the deadline and stressing out, you know, stressing mm. and and freaking out about being able to actually submit. Maybe they do get in and submit something, but it's not going to be great because it's rushed and they haven't thought into it. And, you know, I mean, this isn't a criticism because we all know what it what it takes to run a business. We're all run off our feet and something has to be deprioritised and it's yes. easier to deprioritise something like this than it is to deprioritise work for a customer or a client. Mm-hmm. However, then you let another year pass and you think, oh, we didn't, even put our hat in the ring to win yeah. that award. We didn't do the best job that we could have. And then you see your competitors win those say, awards. Damn it, you should you. be winning. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a common story we hear about all the time. So I think making it a priority is really important. Um, you know, obviously, if you're going to work with someone to help you with that, that does help from the time side of it. But if you want to do it yourself, you just really have to take it very seriously and make it a priority, carve out the time um, and just understand what's involved in it. So you know, when we work with a client on it, we, as much as possible, try to make it a at least a four-week process. I mean, it depends on how long the entry um, deadline is um, yeah. before the deadline, yeah. but um, at least a four-week process from, you know, gathering that information up front. You know, we interview the client to go through the criteria and really dig into what they're doing well. That starts at that, the beginning of that four-week process 
And then, you know, through that process, there's gathering reports, financial data, case studies, any other supplementary evidence that's required for that submission. It's getting the right people to review it and approve it, inputting that feedback, Mm. finalising it, submitting it. So it probably is always going to take longer than you think it will, even if you handle it internally. Yeah, It takes longer, frankly, if you handle it internally because you don't have someone... um, you know, pushing to, yeah. to make sure you hit that deadline. I mean, well, you do yeah. probably, but it's, it's it's a bit easier when you've got someone who's an outsider doing it because yes. it makes you feel more accountable to actually doing it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so prioritising it and just understanding how long that process takes. Um, and then in terms of the actual process of, of writing it, so, yeah, one of the mistakes that businesses make on that is that, they basically just write a sales pitch that's not really digging into the how, the why, and giving the depth and telling the story in a compelling way. Um, And, look, they might have some great sales messages, but often they don't. And if it is just saying things because they haven't worked with, you know, a marketer. So, um, you know, if if the message is something like we're a leading company in X industry and we do Y, it's just not. It's not impacting. It's a motherhood statement without proof. And of course, it depends on the award, but as much as possible, you want to think about the award as a chance to tell your story. And so it's about giving the context around what makes your business interesting. Um, And, you know, if you really dig into that, again, I I strongly believe that every business has an interesting, compelling story. Um, There's always an angle. Yeah. So, you know, for example, you know, if you're trying to think of a story off the top of my head, but, um, you know, if you're a family business, the story of how, you know, your business has grown um, and the legacy of that business and how the succession plan from it it moving through the family and that that can be quite compelling. Like, you know, I think sometimes family businesses forget that that's actually really quite interesting because there's something unique about a family business in the sense of, how they work together and what drives them to, yeah. to achieve success. Um, you know, also think about the context, you know, the social context or the economic context. Um, you know, what is it about what's going on in the world today that makes your business really relevant or really needed? Um, so it's all about giving that broader context um, rather than just sending out the, um, yeah, the same old boring kind of messages about your business it is telling a story so yeah. that's that's certainly a mistake that people make mm. they're probably look they're probably the two main ones I mean the other one might be entering the wrong awards so yeah. you know spending time on awards that you know just probably aren't going to get them the right outcome or mm. um, they don't have much of a chance of winning yes um, that's yes. certainly gonna you know and, and that can you know if you're, if you're doing that work um internally and you've got someone allocated to it it's really time consuming so you're taking time away from other things and if you're not getting that return on investment then that's challenging um so yeah I guess not being strategic about which awards are the ones that you should be going for yeah Um, and then the final one and look frankly we don't come across this that much but you know people often ask me they say oh do you have companies that come to you and and you know they're not really doing anything that's award-winning and they want to win awards um Honestly, not really, not that much. But there are some companies that sort of say, well, you know, should we be entering this particular award? And we'll have a conversation with them and say, look, 
it's probably a bit competitive this year, but, but given you're going to be focused on X, Y, Z in the next 12 months, we'll be in a better position next year. Um, so that's one of, you know, that is one of the potential mistakes that a business could make where, you know, they, they think that they're well suited to a particular award, but they're not quite there yet. But um, in my experience, that doesn't happen as much as you might think. I think it actually goes the other way <laughs> where businesses are less likely to recognise all yeah. the great things that they're doing, you know? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and actually that's probably the bigger lesson um, that you've got to yeah. be in to win it. So, yeah. you know, yeah. while you don't want to enter something that you've got no chance of winning, businesses are much more likely to not enter because they don't think they have a chance of winning, but they actually probably do have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, that Particularly is female-led businesses yeah. too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we, we do yeah. suffer from that imposter syndrome quite a bit. Yeah, and, I, okay. and actually like all of that, like, I think that's why there's some benefit to actually getting that external guidance from someone yeah. like yourself because, A, they can give you that honesty around, well, perhaps, you know, you're not ready for it yet or hell yeah, you're ready for it. Like how mm. the hell have you not done this in the past? Exactly. Um, but also too, like in terms of that question answering mm. uh, like I wonder how many people go off on tangents like in terms of making it a really timely focused when you were talking about that accountability and someone keeping you accountable and keeping you on track I was just envisaging businesses kind of you know like when they perhaps maybe don't know how to answer a question just flushing yeah. it out with something else and then getting sidetracked and going you know and that's where I think that external person to bring you yeah. back to the focus and the core of the question and go actually nice information wrong place to put it kind of thing yes exactly and that of course ends up being refined when you're working with an external person because that often happens in the interviews that we have and it's that's almost deliberate. So, you know, when I'm interviewing mm-hmm. a client and I'm going through the criteria, it, it, it's a broader conversation than just what's, what are the questions in that submission because mm-hmm. we'll dig into certain things and, and it's very conversational, deliberately so, because you're basically wanting to create an avenue for them to pull all this information out of their head. Yeah. But that means that it can be a bit of a brain dump. And so if they then took that approach themselves and just brain dumped into a submission, it's not going to hit the criteria it's not going to answer the questions. And that's that's the other side of it. You know, every award will have a certain criteria and methodology. And so if you're not answering it in the correct way, you'll be, you, you won't, you know, be judged favourably. So yeah, yeah. Is, as you say, about answering the questions correctly and making sure that you're putting the right information in there. The other thing is, and, and saying it succinctly, because most, basically every award will have limited word counts for every yeah. response. And so there's certainly an art to getting across everything you need to say really succinctly in a tight, articulate way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I've judged the um, Australian Marketing Institute Awards now probably for four years and I can attest to that in terms of if you haven't answered the question, mm-hmm. you know, you might have just run the best campaign or done the best thing, but if you haven't answered the question, like it's it's good information but not in the right format or I can see that you perhaps do have the right information somewhere, but you haven't put that in the answer. Like you haven't answered the question. Um, it, it just it just takes, you know, many, many marks off your submission. Yeah. So it's not just about doing the good work and having the good information and the good story. It's actually about being able to succinctly answer the submission questions Absolutely. so that the judge doesn't have to work their ass off mm. to actually understand what the hell you're trying to say. <laughs> exactly. And that's a really good point too in terms of thinking about 
when you're writing an award submission, think about the judge who has to read it. They're a person. <laughs> they're a, a person. real person. And they're and marking the, several. Exactly. And it hurts your head. Exactly. <laughs> and that's exactly right. And this is what I've said to, to clients before. You know, they're reading dozens, if not sometimes hundreds of submissions. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've heard stories before where, um, you know, it probably depends on the award and, you know, who knows exactly how it works with every award. But I've heard stories where, the judges, because they've got so many to get through, they'll skip to the last question, review that first. If it's bad, then they don't even review the rest. So it's, and look, I don't know if that's common or not, but it shows that you need to be on your game in every response and you need to be to the point answering the question because if, if you slip up anywhere, yeah, they just may not absorb the rest of it. So you've only got a small amount of time and space to make a connection and to yeah to set yourself apart from all the other submissions that that judge is reading and they're a real person so telling a story making it interesting and compelling is really important it's 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 a equally about hitting the criteria and answering the question and then just making it an interesting read yes it has to be interesting yeah yeah, Um, yeah. I think sometimes people forget that but yeah, well, I think they're, they're so interested. But, yeah, it's it's fact. I think people just want to get the facts and the stats. And yeah. But my eyes light up when I'm actually taken on the journey, when I can read the passion yeah. in someone's voice, when I can, you know, when there's a story mm. that surrounds the, the um, submission achievements, yes. you know, I'm just like, oh, this is such a pleasure to, to read. Yeah. And I'm much more emotionally engaged with that that application. And, of course, I have yeah. to go back and cross-reference and make sure that they've, you know, included all the right information because sometimes you can just get so beautifully carried away with this with the story and this passion of, of someone who's submitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but my God, they're the, and seriously, I reckon they're about 5% of the submissions that I've read have taken me is- on that journey. Absolutely. And this is what I've heard, you know, from anyone I've spoken to who's judged awards that like the vast majority of what they're reading is not great, you know, and, and it's because, well, firstly, there's a skill and art to it. And when you do it in-house, if you're, you know, if you're lucky, really lucky, you might have someone who can do that in-house, but more often than not, you don't. And it's something that you've rushed together and just hope for the best. And, you know, that's not typically going to be good enough. Um, but also, yeah, it's not just about writing well, it's about telling the story, it's about hitting all the criteria. There's just there's a lot to it. And I think, yeah, I think sometimes we underestimate what's involved in it. And yeah, to, to be able to make that impression and be in that top five percent so that you know you're you know, you've got a chance of getting to that next level, you've got to put your best foot forward. So um yeah, and and if you do, you, you the, the success will come. I mean, that's you know, we've got a great track record and I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, we, we can, you know, we know what we're doing. We're able to put that story forward in a compelling well for any, a compelling way for any business. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's also about um, just making sure that you're mindful of the fact that, yeah, th- what the experience will be for that judge. If you're creating an experience that's good and is telling the story and hitting the criteria then you basically if you check off all of that you you almost you don't know 100 percent, but you 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 know whether or not that's going to probably get to that next step so that's that's why you know you know we're very confident we talk to 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 clients that you know we we can help get you there um there is a way to do it um so 
And yeah. I agree in terms of there's a science to it. And I'm going to say something that's a bit controversial here because I'm marking <laughs> awards written by marketers. Mark, yeah. Just because someone's a marketer doesn't know how, doesn't mean they know how to write a submission. It's a different, <laughs> yeah. It is a different skill. Yeah. And often what I see is because they're, they're all written by marketers in the, yeah. the Australian Marketing Institute, they're all marketing submissions. Mm. Um, and they're, whether they're written by the agency or written in-house, what you mentioned before about if you just turn up and sell yourself or run through a marketing campaign, that's not enough. Like there is a science to taking a judge and 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 answering mm-hmm. questions and um, answering submissions in a certain way. Not all marketers get that. And honestly, okay. I think if a marketer hasn't actually proved their you know, worth within that award submission process, mm-hmm. perhaps look at someone, even if you looked at working with someone like yourself first and foremost, or a marketer who has successfully submitted and won awards, you know, so gets that there is a difference between writing up a case study report about your marketing campaign versus actually submitting for for an award. Exactly. And I mean, I think this is why, you know, my background's in public relations and, you know, a lot of PR, you know, where the difference lies with PR and marketing often is in terms of being able to tell that story. Obviously, a lot of marketers can do that, but not all can because they're not tasked with that. They're, yeah. they're doing other parts of the marketing mix. Um, and so for me, yeah, I could always see that distinction between being able to tell a story, yes. and that's certainly something that comes up in PR, versus being able to share a sales message. They're yeah. different, they're different yeah. things. Um, so, yeah, so I think certainly, I mean, this is what inspired me to gear my business around awards because it's not a well-serviced area. There's not... Oh. God, you know, no. yeah. Of course, there are awards writers out there. You know, PR agencies will often do it. But, I mean, I used to work in a PR agency. It sort of fell to the bottom of the priority list because yeah. we had so many other things we were doing with, you know, getting clients' media coverage. So, you know, in terms of being able to fit that into the work that's within their retainer, that sometimes could be challenging. So, I mean, that's, that's a whole other side of it. But, that, I mean, that's part of the reason why, you know, I built my business. I built my business around that because, Marketing agencies agencies won't necessarily have the skill set. I mean, again, it depends. Like often they will if they if they write and they tell mm-hmm. stories as part of what they do. But a lot of marketers don't do that side of marketing. Yeah. Um, and then PR agencies probably can do it, but they don't have the time and they're not prioritizing it. So it is it is an unusual kind of separate little discipline. Yeah, it, it is. hundred percent. hundred percent. Um, I've taken up a lot of your time. This has been <laughs> such a robust discussion around um, business awards and I so appreciate your insight. I feel like that's going to be so helpful, particularly for those ambitious and aspiring businesses that are looking to make the foray into awards and submissions. Um, warning, it's an addictive process, um, <laughs> you know, particularly if you if you do well in a few and you're like, yes, I want to go back and it really kind of sparks the competitive gene. So if people are like, yes, I want to do this, but I just feel like I would love someone like Heather's help, how can they find out more about you? How, where can they get in touch? <laughs> uh, yeah, we well, can visit our website, which is greendoor.co.co um, or add me on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, definitely reach out, have a chat. You know, when um, we first talk to businesses, we just have that conversation, a bit of a discovery chat about what you're doing, learn a bit about you and yeah, see if awards are the right fit for you and which ones. And, um, yeah, very happy to, to help anyone interested in that process. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that, Heather. Really appreciate it. Likewise. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to yet another episode of the How To Do Marketing Show. I really do enjoy bringing you these episodes and hope that you do get a lot from them. Now, if you would like to receive even more marketing musings from myself, then be sure to head to howtodomarketing.com.au and subscribe to our email. You can also head to our Instagram at howtodomarketingacademy and click on the link on our bio to subscribe to the Friday Five. Each week, I send out five marketing bites that are designed to make marketing so much easier for small businesses. It gets delivered straight to your inbox. It's a nice, easy read. I get loads of positive feedback on it from people saying that they love getting this little burst of marketing goodness into their into their inbox each Friday. So if you'd like to get that too, head to howtodomarketing.com.au or head to our Instagram at howtodomarketingacademy and click on the link on our bio. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production.